0: Hi, I'm Sylvain Berthelot, and you're listening to On One Condition, a podcast to raise awareness about health conditions by listening to people who live them every day. My guest today is Emily Freeman, and we're going to talk about psoriasis. Hi, Emily. Nice to meet you and great to have you on the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Sylvan. Thank you so much for um, having me on this podcast and thank you for allowing me to share my story.
0: Well, no, thank you. Actually, I, um, I've i been looking forward to it because um, I work in clinical trials, uh, as, as you may know, and I have worked on trials on psoriasis, uh, but I've always been frustrated not knowing what it was like to live with psoriasis, how treatments uh, help people manage the the condition. So I'm hoping to learn a lot today.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for working on the trials. Always need new medicines.
0: Well, my pleasure. And I know you do as well. So thank you as well for anyone who made a fit from what you do. So before we go into uh, the topic, uh, as you know, I like starting by hearing about your favorite song or a song that means a lot to you. So what is your song and why?
1: Um, So the song I chose is uh, is by Tara McLean, who's a Canadian artist, and it's called That's Me. And it was the first album I heard when I was diagnosed with endometriosis back in the early 90s. And it's been an album that has um, uh, really uh, spoke to me throughout my entire uh, treatment journey through uh, endometriosis and psoriatic arthritis. Um, so I, I really like the the lyrics. I like the song, and I like the the voice is very soothing.
0: Okay, nice. Is it something that comforts you or gives you more energy? How does it affect you?
1: Um, it it comforts me um, as you as you can, are probably aware. Uh, living with a chronic disease and uh, living with un- uncertain symptoms it can be anxiety-provoking, and for me, it's a very calming, soothing song.
0: Great. So I don't know how how you want to to start, um, but you've already mentioned something that I really want to talk about, which is um, uncertain symptoms. So how uncertain is it? And how does that affect you not knowing when or which symptoms you're going to have?
1: Well, I think it's um, it's a challenge when you live with a, a disease and, and sometimes you may have uh, symptoms that you are uncertain about or symptoms may happen at uncertain times. So um, for psoriasis, um, many of the outbreaks are, are triggered by stress or or um, heavy stressful situations. It could be triggered by a variety of things. But um, for the majority of the time, I would say it's under control. But there are times in which things are not under your control, and you have symptoms. And those symptoms are very difficult to, to manage at the time. And you also have in the back of your mind, the constant worry that will the the medicine that you're taking that is currently controlling your symptoms, you know, h- how long do you have with that medicine? Um, and you know, because you, you never know you have uncertain symptoms and you have uncertainty around how long the medicines will work as well.
0: So the medicines that address your symptoms don't work for life then? Um,
1: no, uh, that's something that I, I recently learned is, um, is, is by a lot. So I I take a biologic agent for, uh, to manage the psoriatic arthritis. So I have arthritis combined with psoriasis. And, um, I learned that the biological medicines, they, they, they have a, um, a time limit on them. Uh, some people can get three to five years. Uh, some people can get maybe six months to a year. Um, but unfortunately the medicines, um, they don't work um for the rest of your life. And it's tough because, you know, being diagnosed as a fairly young person, um, you know, you may have an additional forty-five to fifty years to live. And if you're cycling through medicines every, let's say, three to five years, it you can see it doesn't give you a longevity when it comes to potentially um, you know, having a cure or or you're you're constantly worried, you know, if I get a new symptom, is it the medicine not working as effectively, you know, what could it be? Um, and that's, that's really stressful to live with, I have to tell you. That's really a, a stressful um, thing, to, thing to navigate.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And also I assume frustrating because, as you said, you're not sure if the symptoms are due to, to the medicine not working anymore or if it's just that you're, you're more stressed. Um, so how old were you when you were diagnosed?
1: Um, so what's interesting is, um, I have had symptoms for a long time, a a very long time for probably 20 years. Um, but it was misdiagnosed as, as osteoarthritis or or different forms of arthritis. So I got my official diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis in April of 2021. Um, so I was in my mid forties. Um, and it was, it was a game changer for me. I I feel like I got my life back when I was diagnosed and I went on a biologic and within probably four months, my life had completely changed. Um, the pain was gone. Um, psoriasis was under control. Um, and it, you know, I have to say, I just feel like I got my life back. After probably 20 years or so of, of kind of trying to figure out what was the problem, um, it was really nice to, to finally have the, the, the solution to the problem. Um, and m- most recently, and I think the way we connected was I, I had a bit of a head-to-toe rash that appeared. And um, I was told, well, it could be the medicine failing at this point, which was new, news to me. I, I was unaware of that. And thank goodness it turned out not to be the the medicine failing. But, um, at that moment in time, um, it was really overwhelming because I felt like, you know, it had only been two years since I really got my life back and had been pain free and symptom free. Mm -hmm. And now I, I may have to be looking for something else. And, um, my condition is compounded by, I also have extreme GI issues. And what's nice about my current medicine is it does provide some benefit for gastrointestinal disease, but that's not, that's not the case for all, all of the medicines that, that treat psoriatic arthritis. So some of them can be harmful for GI symptoms and for IBD. So it is this balancing game that, um, that, that you find some, So it's a lot to be diagnosed because I think with chronic conditions, especially as a woman, we're we're not necessarily. I'm not saying we weren't taken. I wasn't taken seriously, but it was a real struggle to get a diagnosis, and then finally getting a diagnosis and finally getting the medicine was a journey in and of itself. But I do think uh, for many patients who have who have psoriasis or even psoriatic arthritis, it's it's a challenge to get diagnosed. It's a challenge to, to to um to get on medicines that that will treat it because um, I, I'm not sure people when 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 you say itching with psoriasis or when you say it's bothersome or worrisome or you can't sleep, I think it's an itch and a bother that I don't think most people can understand because it's not like an itch from like um, a bug bite or you Know a, a rash, it's this, it's a really different kind of experience, and um, it and, it and it and it affects everything. It affects can you concentrate, can you sleep, can you work, um, you know, can you travel, can you go to a place? Um, so it, it really is a, a very complex piece to manage.
0: Wow, that's. Uh, really mind opening because, like for, for me, when I read about uh, psoriasis in the past, I, I thought it was just a skin condition. and And I know saying just a skin condition is not uh, a nice thing to say, but um, but yeah, I know it's mind opening to realize that it also affects how you can concentrate, if you can travel or not, and so on. Um, but knowing that you've had so you said 20 years uh between being misdiagnosed and and getting your right diagnosis sounds terrible and i hear about that a lot actually doing doing this podcast um so did you w- were you like constantly trying to get Another diagnosis during those twenty years, or how was that journey for you?
1: Yes, um, my you know my main main challenge was pain. So, so psoriatic arthritis, you know, even though you can have inflammation of the skin, you can also have inflammation of the joints, which which causes extreme pain. And unfortunately, I fell into the bucket of there. There are biomarkers, right, for psoriasis. And unfortunately, my biomarker came back negative. Um, and so it was pretty easy for, for for the doctor at the time to say, well, you don't have you don't have psoriasis. And and I and I kept pushing and saying, No, there is something wrong with me. And I was being treated at the time with NSAIDS, which is a non steroidal anti inflammatories. Um, unfortunately, they caused me significant problems in that. Um, in 2018, um, I developed severe gastrointestinal bleeding, which forced me to to stop taking the NSAIDs. Um, and so it left me with um, I have pain, I have symptoms, and I've really had no way at all to manage a, an unknown condition. And it really came down to um, being forceful with with clinicians and I have a really good primary doctor and she fought for me and helped find me a specialist that really said, okay, the biomarker was negative, but you obviously have skin lesions. Um, let's take a biopsy. Let's take several biopsies. Let's, let's see what, what's going on. And, um, and sure enough the the skin biopsies came back, um, an inflammatory psoriasis, and um, combined with uh, several imaging, so several MRI imaging, um, it was uh, it was really. The, I remember the rheumatologist saying, I, "I'm pretty sure you have psoriatic arthritis." Like at this point, we can't really argue with the with the evidence. But she, I remember her telling me that you know, rheumatology is really part art as it is science because a lot of what is experienced by psoriasis patients and by psoriatic arthritis arthritis patients is really patient reported symptoms. It's, it's not a lot of, you know, the biomarkers are helpful, but they're not, they don't tell the whole story of what the patient's going through. And it really was, I felt like I was in an experiment when she prescribed the biologic agent to me, but I also felt like I didn't have a choice because my I I could not manage my symptoms with simply Tylenol, for example. That that was not going to work for me. So um so so that really helped by having a provider that said, okay, we probably need to listen to the patient. We we really need to see what's going on, and um and and try and try and 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 help because so many psoriasis patients they don't have the biomarker for psoriasis and it oftentimes takes a takes fighting for a biopsy and then it takes fighting for the insurance to pay for you know the biologic medicines so it it really is a disease psoriasis psoriatic arthritis these inflammatory autoimmune diseases are are really tough because it really depends on what the patient has to say and as you know um we don't always listen to the patient, and it is a fight and a struggle. Even for somebody like myself who is, is rooted in patient advocacy, I've been fighting for myself since the, the early 90s, and um, it, it was really eye opening to see that experience.
0: Yeah, and um, knowing that it, the healthcare industry is here to treat patients again it's eye opening to to hear you say that we don't always listen to the patient it's it's frustrating um but I'm glad we have people like you to advocate for patients and share their stories so that hopefully it gets better uh in the future so would you be able to describe what symptoms you have and also i think it'd be it'd be really interesting to to hear about how your new medication has is helping with those symptoms?
1: Um, sure. So my primary symptom was in my um, sacroiliac joint or the SI joint in the lower back. And I was um, I was unable to sit for more than 10 to 15 minutes at a time. Um, constant okay. pain, no matter which way I moved. Um, I would mostly walk around in circles when, when I could, uh, you know, to get relief, I could sleep for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. So I was up and down all night. And then I developed, um, these, these skin lesions my, mainly, um, my, mainly impact my head and my torso. So I'm, I'm fortunate mm-hmm. in that they're not on my face, um, which is, which is, I guess a blessing, but they're in, in the back of my head. Um, and so, and they're quite painful. So these are open lesions that are very, very painful and, um, and they, they bother me a lot, but, but my main pain was my back. Um, and then I also have a lot of pain in my hip and in my hands. So it makes it really hard for me to, to do things like button a shirt, tie my shoes. Um, I struggle with typing at times. Anytime you have mm-hmm. to get the fine motor skills to do something it's very painful. So that that that's really what I struggled with, and and when I was on the NSAIDs, which are an anti-inflammatory, um, you know they 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 did real well because I had less pain, and I was able to do things that I wanted to do. But once I were was no longer able to take the NSAIDs, um, it became really hard. I couldn't drive. Um, I couldn't. I just couldn't sit still because of the pain and it was hard to focus. It was hard to concentrate. It was, um, it sends you down a deep, dark hole because, um, because yeah. all you can feel is, is pain. And then the itch on top of that. So the constant, chronic itching of just, um, you, you have an open lesion on your body, but it itches and it's painful and it hurts. So, um, so those are my primary symptoms. Now, I went on a, a biologic, which is um, every two weeks, I do an injection, an auto injection. Um, I, I actually like the auto injector because I don't have to remember to take a medicine or a pill. Um, and it doesn't hurt. I don't see the needle. It's probably the easiest thing I do in my whole day. <laughs> um, I don't know why people are scared of, of these things, but um, it's just a pen. You just touch it and, it, and, it, and it, you get your injection. And um, I would say. Within four months of taking the medicine, um, I started feeling an immediate relief. My family around me. I remember one day we had stopped at a rest area because we were traveling, and um, and my wife had been was looking at me, and she said, she said, "Do you realize what you just did?" I said, "No. What did I do?" And she said, you just ran upstairs to go to the bathroom. And I said, wow, I, I haven't ran upstairs in probably 25 years. <laughs> wow. um, you know, I, ha- I hadn't, hadn't been able to, to move that way. And so, so long I, I had forgotten what, what it was like. And, and now I have to tell you, I, I, don't, I don't think about pain because I'm not in pain. Um, with my back anymore and my hands and, and things like that so i I have to tell you I, the medicine is is has been a game changer for me I also like um, the the company that manufactures the medicine they have a really neat digital app that I'm able to 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 track my symptoms and I like that because I'm like okay am i just biased because I'm on, I'm you know, one day I, I think I feel great and I, I don't feel great the rest of the time, but I really like the, the support of being able to track my symptoms. What keeps me up at night now is I, I love where I'm at, but how long will it last? How long will it last? And if it doesn't last, what are my options? And, um, You know, I was sitting in my rheumatologist office about a month ago when I had this weird rash and I could just see her face. And and she's like, I don't know what we would put you on because of your other GI issues. And she said, but I think I need to spend the next six months trying to find an alternative should this one fail. And ever since then, it's just been, it's been in the back of my mind of, I have this newfound freedom. I have this newfound way of being in the world and navigating the world. And, and now I have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen when this doesn't, when this doesn't work for me anymore. Um, that, that is, I, I hate that feeling. And I, and I don't think I'm alone with other, because other patients have reached out to me because I'm active on social media and I did share my story other people have reached out to me and, and some of them said they they've cycled through medicines every three months. And some said they've lasted for 10 years. So, um, so that, that's, a, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't know any other way to describe it other than you, you see the world one way and then it, it's like this dark cloud is, is taken away and you see the world a different way and you don't want to lose that new way you see the world.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it, and it's a very nice way of putting it. Again, I had no idea, um, and I wish I wish there was more like working in clinical trials. I, I wish there was more we could access to really understand what patients go through, uh, because this is what why we do what we do every day. Uh, but we don't get access to it that much. Um, so you mentioned earlier that it, it's so your symptoms are linked to your stress levels. So do you do anything specific to manage stress to reduce the risk of having symptoms?
1: That's a that's that's um, I would say that's a work in progress for me. Um it, it, it's hard because, you know, when you work full time, um, it, it's, it's a hard um, thing to navigate. Um, what I have started using is um, my rheumatologist had recommended a app called Calm, which is a, a way of doing kind of mindfulness meditation. It's, it's relaxing music. It's, um, it's music at a certain um, decibel that, that actually is supposed to trigger Um, relaxation in the brain. If I am feeling overwhelmed or something like that, I'll listen to it for 10 to 15. You know, I'll listen to one of the the modules for 10 to 15 minutes and, and try and, you know, recenter my brain or or try and um, be in the moment because it's hard to, to let your thoughts run off in a particular direction. And when the, when your thoughts run off, that's when anxiety and stress increases. So, the one piece that I've learned from other patients and from my providers is to really stay grounded and focused in the, in the moment and try not let your thoughts get away from you.
0: That's interesting. And You can't manage everything that is stressful, obviously. Like you said, work can be stressful. But no, I, I like the, the concept of using something that helps you but keep your thoughts and, and try to remain as calm as possible. That's, that's interesting. I should look into it.
1: It's a great app. So, it's a great app.
0: Well, yeah, I'll look into it. Thank you. Um, so working in the clinical industry, do you, are you aware of any more research that's done on psoriatic arthritis?
1: Um, so I, so I do work in the farm, in the life sciences industry. Um, I, I do keep track of, um, the, the trials in this, in the inflammation space. So I'm, I'm broadly interested in psoriatic arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, I have not thought about a clinical trial as a treatment option, but it's something that I certainly, um, do wonder about. So I wonder if I get to a point where the medicine no longer works, should I think about a clinical trial? Um, So I I don't really think about it from that perspective. I am really pulling and rooting for all the companies that are making investments in this space, because um, we, one of the things that we certainly know about psoriatic arthritis and all of these inflammatory processes is that there are different mechanisms that trigger psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis. And the more, um, medicines that we have that target those inflammatory pathways, the more likelihood that we will be able to manage the disease. And I mean, I do have, I do have hope that maybe within the next 30 to 40 years, we can even eliminate or eradicate the disease. And, and, you know, could we use something like gene therapies or cell therapies to reprogram those, you um, those, those molecules that are causing uh, the infl- inflammation in the body. So, I mean, I have hope and I have um, faith in my colleagues in the life sciences industry, and I just hope that we continue to make investments in this space uh, because so many, um, number one, there's so many patients that are in this space that need help. And number two, it does appear that there is a rise in inflammatory or autoimmune diseases, so I think it would only benefit patients and, and the industry to, to continue to make investments.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I agree that there are, I feel like at the moment there are a lot of areas of discovery within the health sciences, which make me hopeful that we will discover more ways of treating diseases in the near future. Um so it, it's it's an exciting time. I mean, it's great to see that it's still, well, not great to see that it's still working it, in progress, but it's great to see that there's so much research done uh, on, on a lot of different diseases. Uh, but you're right that it's also down to investment and just need to hope that there are companies that invest in it. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about Patient advocacy, if you don't mind. So, what made you decide to go into uh, patient advocacy, being a patient advocate yourself?
1: Oh, um, so my my early experience with endometriosis back in the 90s, um, you know, my my life story is that my educational training was initially in, in meteorology and in weather forecasting. I became a patient myself and quickly noticed that um, patients don't experience the healthcare system the same way. And as someone who, um, who lost health insurance early on because of a chronic disease and had to navigate um, a different country, so going to Canada for, for care, um, I quickly realized that, um, that I think we could do better by patients And that's when I -hmm. I actually went into training and to do a PhD in medical sociology, which is the experience of the healthcare system. So there's a few things I really was interested in exploring, which is, it's great to hear these stories by patients. I think we can all tell sad stories on behalf of patients, but if we're looking to truly change the healthcare system, We have to use their voice to make concrete changes. So how do we develop medicines that are more patient centered? How do we measure symptoms that are meaningful and relevant to patients? Um, How do we um, how do we start really taking that lay knowledge that patients have? I remember thinking I have so much knowledge as a woman with endometriosis. And in a lot of cases, I had more knowledge than my clinicians did. And some of the clinicians would reach out to me to, to ask me, do you, um, do you have any more information on the disease? Have you heard anything about new clinical trials, et cetera? And that's what really motivated me to say, how can we wrap some science around this? How can we start mm-hmm. leveraging patient voices to create change? And how do we elevate patient experience to be on the same level as a thought leader or a medical expert, because we each bring something different to the table. And it's not that one is more legitimate than the other. It's just that we bring something different to the table. And I wanted to make it as scientific as
0: possible. That's fascinating. I love it. (laughs) Um, And you're right that like one one person will experience symptoms in a certain way, and someone else will experience them in a different way. And it's only if you put all those patient voices together that you can get a full picture. Um, So yeah, that makes a lot of sense, it does. Well, it's been incredible talking to you. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. I have one last question, as always, uh, that I like asking. Um, What is your happy place? So a place where you feel at peace.
1: (laughs) My happy place is anywhere where I have my, um, I have, I'm a pug dog lover. And there are little pugs anywhere that there are, (laughs) anywhere where my little pugs are is my happy place. Um they ground me. Um, they make me forget about the bad times or the bad experiences. And um how can you not be happy with uh looking at their little curly tails or their their um their happy ears as I call them? Um so anywhere where my little pug dog is, I'm happy with that.
0: I love pugs and I can totally relate to that. <laughs> um well Emily, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Again, uh, really, you've opened my eyes to to, to your condition and how difficult it can be to manage, uh, but also how treatment can positively affect you. Um, So thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. And my, my wish is that everyone will continue to, um, to make this a better place for, for those patients that are experiencing these symptoms. Thank you.
0: Very well said.
1: Thank you.